everyone, my name is Bata Vichak and this is Fashion Knowledge, a podcast educating, disrupting and shaping fashion futures. Fashion Knowledge is brought to you by Unfolding Strategies, a consultancy and education lab for digital, inclusive and sustainable fashion in Web3. Welcome today. Our guest is Yifan Ku, who is a Chinese virtual fashion designer and artist currently based in Berlin. Her work has been featured in many amazing places like Vogue, AD, Hunger Magazine, and she worked with such uh, brands and companies like Ouroboros or Anyangon Pinga. She's a member of the global woman 3D artist collective Digigal and was also an artist in residence at Helsinki Fashion Week, Factory Berlin, just to name a few. Uh, Yifan, it's a pleasure to have you today with us. Uh, I know that you are more into fashion as a digital content than physical wearables, as you put it in your own words, mm-hmm. because it allows to push the limits of imagination uh, without the consumption and mass production imperative. So it's almost like mm-hmm. a utopia to create fashion without restrictions. And uh, today I would like us to talk about your work, your journey, you know, how did you get to the point that you're in now, um, and also virtual sampling. So how people like you are actually reshaping the supply chain and production process. This is something that, you know, it's very interesting to me. What is the responsibility of the digital fashion designer um, as you are advocating for zero waste pattern making and involving digital fashion from as like very early stages of traditional fashion design workflow, uh, mainly in order to cut down waste in the industry. So yeah, pleasure to uh, have you here. Thank you for having me lot to cover <laughs> yeah it's a lot to cover i hope we can you know we can do best uh best of it so let's jump into the first question what does it mean to be a virtual fashion designer and how did you become one yeah so i i became a virtual fashion designer quite accidentally so as a kid i uh i was quite obsessed with uh my mom's retro, uh my mom's fashion magazines and i would like uh draw uh, the outfits draw the items i like from those or the items that i design myself on paper and then cut them out like then i have like a paper version of a gaming app kind of analog and another i would like play with them on on the models i also draw on paper so i was also i, I i've been always into that but um it was until i studied product design actually back in uh back in uni that I realized I'm really bad at uh, making something physical, like making models physically, like I'm not handy at all. So I never really dare to actually go towards becoming a physical fashion designer. Uh, and then I came to Berlin to did another, uh, uh, to do another uh, multimedia related master. And then that just like broadened my skill sets by teaching me a lot of other like visual related programs again so i feel like uh oh i found another visual related program which is close really which is uh what i uh, uh end up using on a daily basis now as a virtual fashion designer uh so they are specialized in simulating uh clothes uh in digital form eventually in pixels so i yeah, I just became so addicted to it. Like once I found it, I can't resist like playing it every day. So I started like, you know, posting my practice 
personal works and then eventually um, uh, that was right uh, shortly before the pandemic and when the pandemic hits many brands had this need to find a, a digital alternative to do the physical shoot and the campaign and everything so uh, that's I think that's when like digital fashion in my in my perspective started to grow a bit more so I feel like yeah I'm not long in this in this field neither in fashion but i feel like I'm, i've been growing together with digital fashion since then yeah today it's a you know good question what does it mean long because yeah. for some people somebody who works in digital fashion for two and a half or three years it's considered like you know almost a veteran <laughs> because we're still thinking about quite yeah know, quite uh, new stuff mm -hmm. and it's evolving as we speak with every yeah. minute and there are many questions in general, you know, not only digital fashion or virtual fashion, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also a question of, uh, yeah, in general, digitization, how it's reshaping mm -hmm. things. Um, but apart from this kind of visual aspect that you were drawn from the beginning and the fact that you, uh, you know, are so interested in working with Claude Freedy and as you said, you're addicted mm -hmm. to it, which is quite, quite straightforward, but it's so funny. I'm curious to hear about, you know, um, about your ideas around responsibility of digital mm -hmm. fashion. Um, so there are many claims uh, around digital fashion being very sustainable and yeah. alternative to all fashion problems, like a quick fix. This is also part of my, you know, everyday work. Uh, but I usually say, well, it depends because we're still needing a lot of data, a lot of research, and it's always yeah. kind of happening. But one of those those things um, which contribute to digitization and making fashion some way better is virtual sampling. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you think, you know, what is it? Could you tell us what is it and how it is related to sustainability mm -hmm. in fashion? Yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I feel I also felt confused when people start to like eco digital fashion to sustainable because I joined this as a, a as a pure you know hobbyist. So I also insist using virtual fashion instead of digital fashion at the beginning because I was only doing uh, things that didn't uh, exist in physical at all, just out of my imagination and uh, and was not intended to to exist. In physical form so for me that was virtual but then I realized everyone's using digital because we're also talking about the digitalization of physical fashion that was also what I got into later so yeah now I think digital fashion is broader and it, yeah it, it suits what I'm doing now because I'm doing kind of both uh, things that only exist digitally or digitalization of physical fashion uh, which is a more engaging part to a degree because I feel like it's that part that actually um, helped me go back to the big fashion industry because I feel like virtual fashion was more like 3D art kind of area but it's uh, it was only when I started to do digitalization of, visual, uh, of physical fashion brands pieces that I feel like I'm actually entering the fashion world with my perspective and um, it, it depends on the scenarios it's either uh, indie uh, individual designers who um, have this idea but uh, they can only do uh, 2d sketches or very rough sketches even some some are not even uh, professional at doing sketches uh, but they want to see their design in 3d before they produce it so they can secure everything is right and I 
So I join in that part to um, kind of guess what they want from their 3D sketch and through also through communication. And then once I have the, the virtual uh, pre presentation of their design, they can better communicate with the manufacturer to get what they want in, in one go or I'd say less go, less runs than they would have need to go through if they just go with the sketches. So in that sense, I guess it saves some rounds of uh, physical sampling. And um, yeah, some some designers did use my, um, so you can export the exact uh, pattern, 2D pattern from Close3D and just I give it to the manufacturer and they can do it. And uh, yeah, in that way, you don't need to test different fabrics anymore, test different um, avatar sizes anymore, because those can also, they can all be done digitally. And for, yeah. So I have a question. Sure. I have a question. So do you see yourself when you do that, like kind of bringing it back to, uh, you know, traditional uh, fashion dictionary? Are you a pattern maker? Are you a designer? Or is it a blend? Like what, what does it, what does it imply? I feel like it's it's really a blend, but um, um, how to say, things I'm not from fashion background myself, I feel like I'm not at that position yet to actually be the equivalent of the previous, you know, for the same workflow, uh, traditionally, you would need a designer who just do the 2D sketch and all the like uh, colors you want, all the details you want, but in written form, and then, then they give all this information to pattern makers and there's will also be someone only focused on grading I think like for different sizes so there are like four or five uh, rings on this chain I feel like but the intention of close 3D I, I believe this company's goal is to merge all these five six rows into one digital fashion designer but I myself is not I, I don't think I'm that professional yet so I see myself, um, you know, someone in the transition to help bring more people in onto this process. So, so someone more from a more pro professional background than me can actually do this in the future to replace this whole chain. Mm -hmm. And like how, so could you said how it is for like smaller individual indie designers and brands. How does it work you think for, for bigger fashion brands? Uh, so I, I've also uh, worked for bigger fashion brands, but through a design agency. So this design agency based, uh, called INDG, uh, based in uh, Netherlands. They basically do any digitalization of any products for not just fashion, but also for like products and furniture and everything. And I, I joined their fashion department to uh, as a freelancer to sometimes do uh, visual presentation of some uh, big brands collection like before they were officially produced or before they were traded how to say so it was more like for in-house communication visual communication between different uh, stage of the the whole retailing experience sometimes it was for the retailers to to place the order like it's not for the final uh, customers, but for uh, like shopping malls or something to to have something to see so they can place the order already before it's fully uh, produced. But I feel like, yeah, the same problem that 
I feel like I uh, digital fashion designers are not uh, trust enough yet to replace all the traditional um, equivalents. I feel like we were mainly used as uh, uh, like what we were doing was mainly used as a tool to help internal uh, virg uh, visual communication but they would still have the pattern making team to actually do the pattern so we're like kind of helping each other but not totally replacing them yet but I feel like in the future it's, this should be more integrated to like one department or something. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And when we think about virtual uh, sampling, do you think that apart from making it more cost efficient and obviously, you know, saving up the resources, are there also kind of, I don't know, other aspects to it? I'm not going to say downsides mm -hmm. or bad things, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, now, now there were like numbers resurfaced that shame a massive fast fashion a company uh, okay. is super successful because they have so many new different styles added every day to mm. their website. Yeah, and I can yeah. imagine that virtual sampling will also allow to mm. very quickly create new looks and styles. Yeah, so, so how can we, you know, on one hand we can say it produces more responsible, sustainable and more efficient fashion industry, uh, mm. but then it can also really fuel yeah. this kind of mass consumption, mass production. So mm. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, true, very true. So yeah, it, it was almost scary for me to see how fast uh, a look can be done in clothes, like compared to a traditional process, especially if someone like me, who's not from the very professional fashion background, but more like from a 3D background. So we understand 3D programs very fast, I'd say, and we can make something out of it very soon, even without details, but I guess that might be enough, you know, for those uh, platforms you said, like Shine, I guess that was one of the most controversial ones nowadays. Um, they, yeah, I think they, they were actually planning to have uh, their own school just to train uh, people to use this kind of software to uh, to generate a, passion, a pattern really quickly and also plus the help from AI so they can just merge trends, uh, elements and yeah, so it would be scary if those are just put right away into uh, into pro production then it's really quick so there's no time for us to reflect on uh, is this like proper, is this legit but yeah, I guess someone is trying to do that and but on the, on the good side I feel like um, Clo or similar other uh, programs, they're also thinking of these. They're also trying to make their tool more, more for the goods. You know, like um, uh, I think Clo is a, originally a Korean company. Like they, they have a kind of uh, Korean roots. So, uh, so they uh, collaborate with I think Korean's biggest fabric manufacturer, maybe called Swatch On. And so uh, Swatch On has like all kinds of fabrics, like shiny ones or like all kinds of unique fabrics. And then they digitize all these fabrics properties and put all these uh, parameters into Close 3D. So you can, you know, drag these fabrics virtually on your piece to see how they would look like. So they don't need to send you all the samples for you to choose one fabric. You can just like choose one uh, virtual fabric from from this uh, integrated part a library in Clo, and then it will be exactly that factory from this manufacturer. So I feel like 
um, yeah, in that sense, they're trying to make make sense. That they're trying to speed up the part that should be sped up. Like how to say, instead of yeah being taken too much advantage of. So yeah, there I I feel inspiring because I feel like you know the they are like competing. The good, the good, how to say, the good usage and the bad usage. They are like, they are like helping each other to to speed up. So I feel like it's, in a sense, a good competition to be happening to also encourage the all the all the people in this industry to think. Yeah, I think I think whenever you know we talk about innovation and technological progress, mm-hmm. it it's always will have uh, you know. Good things and bad things. I think it's important with um, digital fashion not only to be, you know, super hyper ecstatic about it, but also see a fuller picture because then only you can actually think like, oh, okay, so this is possible. This is what we can do, and only kind of from this, you know, holistic awareness, um, mm-hmm. we can really kind of move forward. So I think that's, but obviously, yeah, that's like a kind of impossible to have like a technology that doesn't have a downside to it. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you not to kind of be, you know, like say like, oh, there are horrible things about uh, digitization mm-hmm. of fashion. But uh, what are other ways in digital fashion is making fashion industry more sustainable? Can you, I don't know, can mm-hmm. you think of any other examples that are interesting to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's an initiative called uh, Zero Waste Design. Uh, so they're trying to uh, advocate um Zero waste design, as in when you cut patterns, you don't leave any uh, waste of the fabric out. So you try to always include everything within a rectangle that is the original shape of the of the fabric you got. So yeah, I, I attended some of their uh, workshops and I find it quite inspiring because the, it, it actually suits how clothing was made in China and also in Japan, I think, because we used to wear mm-hmm. quite squarey um, fabrics and it's mainly the draping, but not the fitting. Um, but yeah, th- so I, I found it inspiring that one of the one of the founders, they also um, joined uh, some sportswear brand to to apply a zero waste design in a sports line, uh, sport sportswear line. So that was so I saw sports line need to be sportswear need to be quite fit. I didn't know that's possible to also. So they are using many tricks like to cut the pockets out of the waste or something like that to actually use up the waste. So I found that was that was interesting. And um, for so talking about Chinese. Uh, clothing, I feel like um, the, uh, sustainability in a broader sense for me is also to make, you know, uh, classic clothing uh, or outfit in history to, to last longer in people's memory, how to say, to make them actually timeless. So there are many historical pieces that were uh, story, but they're either like just like sealed in some museum or just in um, historical pictures and you can't access to them uh, access them anymore but uh, there are also people trying to digitizing historical clothing to um, to make them 
bring them back to life again in digital. So form. I have a question. So so to you because just to kind of understand. So it's interesting to now digitize that the kind of design that was zero waste and made for longevity, mm-hmm. or or is it that digital or maybe both that digital fashion designers, virtual fashion designers should also kind of keep that in mind because like working in a you know digital environment then it's almost a question like how do you design for longevity so one is kind of this following up in those footsteps of this heritage and this kind of thinking and the other one is kind of yeah digital specific only mm. hmm. interesting so i guess that would bring nft and metaverse these kind of topics in so um I, I I played in the in the uh, metaverse fashion week uh, shortly ago, and uh, I wasn't into the concept of metaverse before because I feel like why you like like you know like there are many debate debate out there saying why would we spend even more time online we should go out like touch grass and go to the park something like that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I always, I was actually quite obsessed with it, uh, with uh, with the, uh, with the metaverse fashion week. I feel like um, there are like small innovation everywhere, and since it's open world, you like came across you know like ten small surprises on your way, and then it left a very positive general impression just feel like everything can be creative and yeah it was yeah but like how can we link it to the zero waste because uh, i wanted to look back on that you know so uh, true. one yeah. could say like oh all of this digital fashion that's made you know it's like a glitch mm-hmm. and then there's going to be a new i don't know web free mm-hmm. or metaverse iteration and then it's gone mm-hmm. but then also you know on the other hand i had a student in the past and i loved her work mm-hmm. she was very interested in how to preserve a very traditional kind of uh, beading, so making okay. uh, embroidery and beading okay. from uh, from one particular part of uh, India, wow. and how to use, for example, digital design it was like mm-hmm. I don't know, tool mm-hmm. or I think it was even before before the pandemic really, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like maybe at the very early stages of pandemic, for sure more than two years ago. And she said that we can use um, that we can use digital fashion to also preserve the craft and like visualize mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and like kind of. Uh, you know, um, kind of like a knowledge, there's a term for that that I forgot, like that you can perpetuate the knowledge about craft, how it was made and how it was done. So, you know, so so then it's amazing usage because you can do it, Mm -hmm. but then on the other hand, creating, you know, I don't know, garments to be worn in the central land, like Metaverse Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. Uh, How is that, you know, that also, is it waste or is it zero waste and how we can make them zero waste? I'm like kind of thinking of those two tracks right now. Okay, okay. Wow, I think it's tricky to define zero waste in <laughs> digital only clothing because, okay, so um, I guess I, I saw an essay someone called now is already like post NFT uh, era. <laughs> so all the NFTs are trying to have more utilities uh, aside mm-hmm. from the, uh, apart from the art itself. So I feel like as digital fashion NFTs, they're trying to um, to keep all the functions like they, they want you to wear them uh, to be able to wear them in metaverse or in, in on your photo or I feel like um, it's more like it sounds less waste 
for me than if it's just a one-time art to be looked at. But I don't know if that's the right definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a question what we can do. So for, for you, I can hear that you're very interested in how we can bring, you know, to kind of innovate the process of production mm -hmm. and supply chain. Mm -hmm. So this is very clear, right? Mm -hmm. Then another aspect is like visual, also kind of steaming from that. So one is like pattern making and visual, and you can also do like visual communication. And I don't know, you can do editorials and shoots with virtual models, mm -hmm. with virtual humans, mm -hmm. with digital clothes. Um, but then the question of a yeah, beautiful product itself, should it be like this, you know, something that we just admire, but should we, we be able to wear it and how we wear it? Does, what does it even mean to wear digital fashion mm -hmm. outside of the production uh, cycle only? So when it becomes actual product? Mm -hmm. So this is a very good question. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot lately about, you know, what's the body that carries, like what bodies carry this uh, digital mm -hmm. fashion? So... Um, and there's another thing, sorry, it's like very multi-layered question, mm -hmm. but you know, once you, for example, once architecture started being um, digitally designed, the kind of the body of the user, the human physical experience is removed. So I'm also thinking, what does it do and, you know, what is the relationship basically for you between body and digital fashion? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. I Something. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like yeah, like you said, the 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 absence of body might be the most um, key elements about body in digital fashion in early stage, as I can recall, because I I remember digital fashion became uh, so visually surprising for people because the clothes can walk on themselves, like you don't need the avatar, you can hide the avatar and then just only render the clothes that was. I feel like that was opening a new new genre of visual just to have like a like an empty like a ghost catwalk. Um the hollow man. Yeah, the hollow kind of catwalk and uh yeah, I think by doing those we were kind of uh digital fashion designers were like smartly avoiding all those, you know, racist topics about body shapes about all body shame or everything by just not showing the body at all so we can say yeah this is inclusive and it, it is also to a degree because digital fabric can be just like stretch, uh, stretched as much as you can so you can fit the same uh, design you did on anybody um, if they want to wear it you know on their photo or on their same measurement avatar and it, it is possible so to a degree I guess digital fashion is more yeah it, it does fit all but um, yeah it can also change color so to match your skin tone or in that sense it, it, it does bring new possibilities but I feel like it, it I don't know in the end you still need to deal with the same problems as physical fashion I feel like because it's the same people interested in it and same people doing this I feel like it end up falling back into the same um, how to say value system hmm. um, yeah it was and how do you do it in your work in my work um, yeah how do you approach this kind of uh, invisible floating body because it's still in the end you know even if you leave those like garments kind of floating mm -hmm. and moving mm -hmm. in some void in some 
in some kind of you know uh, CGI environment, mm -hmm. there are still there is still a certain like length of a, I don't know of a thigh or there's certain thickness of the body, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. those body parameters are usually still quite specific um, and very easily you know uh, could be we could assign we could say this is definitely a body of I don't know. Um, I don't know, a model mm -hmm. from Holland who's 19 mm -hmm. and maybe not necessarily someone else. Mm -hmm. So there's still kind of, there's still this legacy of this particular body being carried, mm -hmm. even if it's just a hollow kind of representation. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if that's something that you kind of try to challenge when you work or not really, or you're waiting for the software to be more, mm -hmm. is the software, can software, because I, I, I'm not a, mm -hmm. you know, avid core 3D user, mm -hmm. can, can you kind of stretch the possibilities of that? Yeah, in the software you can, you can change the measurement of the avatar easily so um, if you want a big model you can have a big model easily by just uh, typing in different measurements and um, mm. I feel like different um, how to say the fashion of different times for for a focused body type is kind of depending on what's the audience like what's the main audience group that we are doing designs for so you know like back in i don't know 40s 50s maybe we we appreciate more wavy bodies because we try to um, uh, appreciate housewives who are you know preparing food for the soldiers or something like that um, and then uh the the boomer uh how to say when they were teenagers i i read that fashion or switch uh, swift to no, switch to uh, serve the teenagers' skinny body type more because they were the the new generation. There was like suddenly a whole new generation of uh, teenagers, so fashion also became more like geometry to fit their body type more. And I feel like yeah, yeah. but for kind of follow, following the logic today, we would say because there's a mass kind of teenager uh, obesity on the global mm. scale issue. So you know <laughs> now it should be now it should be a bit uh, you know different. But yeah, definitely, who is it? Uh, who is it yeah. made for? It's an important question. So, um, yeah, after yeah. the the, the mm. visit to uh, Decentraland's uh, Metaverse Fashion Week, I feel like uh, mm. you know for for our current uh, ability to build. Uh, open world um, metaverse the avatars are kind of simplified so we don't have that detailed on body shapes anymore uh, not anymore like so far not yet so I feel like to fit those avatars you can kind of need to think of kind of cartoonish because you can't show much of the waistline or anything anymore because everyone's kind of a, a block so it's more about you know, so so people are trying to buy fashion that's more that's having like more like a rather a shocking element, like you're riding a a shark or you have like a I don't know a, a bomb on your head, something like something yeah, dramatic. something dramatic. I feel like that would be the trend <laughs> to to match what bodies we have now in metaverse, because and and many people that are interested in NFT are are male. I think like uh, I I don't know I don't have a uh, data but I feel like at the current stage male investors uh, are more than female so they're I feel like the the they're bringing streetwear for boys back I don't know to mm -hmm. the main 
to the mainstream and kind of yeah so, mm -hmm. yeah definitely the dramatic factor was visible during the metaverse mm -hmm. fashion week but it kind of let's maybe shift a little bit from the the, the you know the consumer's body the, the the digital fashion user body to the designer's body so like actually you and other fellow creators do you think that digital and virtual fashion designers like will be new stars because we have this kind of heritage of you know Alexander McQueen, the great creator, or do you think in the more like a dystopian scenario, there will be, you know, uh, invisible, there'll be behind brands and fashion will follow in the footsteps of today we call, you know, digital labor issues, mm -hmm. it will perpetuate lack of transparency, I don't know, we'll see a lot of digital sweatshops, people sitting and just kind of creating digital mm -hmm. garments and masks, like you kind of mentioned this uh, educational initiative that's coming from China, like, It do, in which direction do you see it going? Mm, I think it might be a bit both. might be a bit polarized. I feel like there will be a few like star designers like in physical design who has been I, I think there there's still uh, there are already some like Stefan Fond and uh, yeah um Yeah, many others who who has entered the the game early and has been act very active, and yeah, I think since could you give like few examples, a few names who you would consider? Um, yeah, like I just said, uh, Steffi Fong is one that I like, and um, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Harriet Davy can be count as digital fashion designer, but she's a digital avatar designer, so. Um, mm -hmm. um, and there are also several houses like our girls they eventually doing their own design as well so and they are also digital only um, and all my mm -hmm. fellow designers at uh, Exa Couture uh, so it's like a digital fashion platform yeah like also like a polygon dressing for dematerialized uh, mm -hmm. um, I think there are, there are quite a few that already made yeah a certain degree of uh, fame in the game, and yeah I think it's also thanks to uh, the social media and all these uh, digital tools because this is digital content in the end. So I feel like if they are good at uh, good with digital platform, then they can help spread their works more. And uh, but I feel like yeah, true. On the other hand, there will be many invisible designers kind of using by bigger brands as uh, or platforms as kind of digital labor because I feel like um, uh, it's getting better now but I feel like at the beginning of my career like uh, during the pandemic many people were interested in the idea but they can't accept the price that they need to pay for something that is virtual like the mindset is not there yet to to be ready to pay uh, fairly for uh, digital labor because they think it's not something that you can hold in hand. So, but I feel like now um, it's it's getting better. So, um, yeah, I think in that sense, um, there should also be more, you know, like uh, professions dealing with digital uh, tax, digital laws, or try to improve the whole infrastructure mm -hmm. for for all these things to get a legit treatment. Mm, so if you if you were to give, I don't know, um, 
I don't know, a future future fashion people who are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast or like fashion fashion workers, you know, from brands or individual, when they work with uh, virtual fashion designers, what uh, what what kind of what would be the tips, you know, to kind of be mm-hmm. fair and uh, I don't know, not follow into the footsteps of like uh, digital labor expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's actually uh, if the clients are new to the world. I think it's the designers part of the designers' responsibility to also educate them how it works at the beginning to make everything clear. Like if you want another round of change, then it will be charged something like that so we should designers should also form um, communities like digital to help each other like to share like we we do share um, some format of uh, contract like how we should charge or we also discuss how much is it fair to charge for some kind of work so if uh, everyone can agree on a format then i think it's better to also educate the new clients about it and then yeah uh, yeah i think um, the institute of digital fashion and Ouroboros, they're they're doing that uh they're doing a very good example for the follow following designers too they are they, they also they always say because caddy like the the one of the founders of the institute of digital fashion she was also the head of uh, digital so she always like told us to you know, to be firm about your codes and to, yeah, we always uh, encourage each other about, uh, how to say, <laughs> retain your value to, to value your own work first mm-hmm. before you can. So there is some kind of form of community and leadership in the space. So do you see like, do you see, for example, in future digital uh, fashion designers unionizing or creating DAOs, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah, very possibly. I think maybe it's already happening. Mm-hmm. I think digital is kind of like down already. <laughs> like it's quite decentralized. It's, is it okay? Well, we we didn't say that, but um, I feel like it's quite decentralized now. Like we are three hundred all over the world, and yeah, we just. Uh, anyone raise a question and someone else can answer it in the group mm. mm-hmm. yeah i think mm-hmm. <laughs> great uh great so yeah i'm hoping for like you know fair and more collective uh futures for yeah virtual fashion designers and digital mm-hmm. fashion designers uh and that yeah virtual sampling will be more part of you know reality not only kind of a tool for visual communication that can actually live its full potential because that would be Mm -hmm. exciting to see and definitely would have you know much more um impact than the way it's being done today thank you so uh thank you so much uh for talking to me today thank you for having me